This episode of Drama School Dropout is sponsored by Bornstruck Theatre Company, and tickets for their new show, Wishlist, are now on sale for this year's Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Wishlist is a thought-provoking drama that looks at mental health, the toll on young carers, and social class. Come and see Bornstruck Theatre's debut production from the 8th until the 28th of August at the Space Triplex in Edinburgh at 11.30am. Get your tickets whilst they're still available by clicking the link in the show notes below. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. It's episode 36 and as per usual my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout and this week I am joined direct from Albert Square. Please welcome the absolutely iconic and hilarious Lorraine Stanley. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Hello. Hello, how are you? You all right? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm absolutely buzzing to speak to you. I told my mum, I don't tell anyone who's coming on the podcast until (laughs) it's actually happened. I told my mum the other day that you were coming on and she was like, Oh my God, she's the best. Tell her I love her. Tell her I love her. Oh, tell your mum I love her. She's got great taste. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what I like to start off asking everyone is, how did you get into the industry and what was your first ever role? And I I mean, we love a good nativity story if that's applicable. Oh, I can't remember my nativity. I've got a brain like a sieve. But um, so getting into... At school, I was very into drama, and then uh, I was brought up in Portsmouth. I went to the amateur amateur. I can't say it. Portsmouth, you're really close to my mum. I know my mum's like halfway between Brighton and Portsmouth. She's like Chichester. Ah, I've got a caravan in Chichester. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so um, I got into Portsmouth Players, the group there, and then I went to South Downs College to do a BTEC in performing arts. And from there, I sort of really got into wanting to be a serious actor. And I got a scholarship from Portsmouth City Council. Thank you so much. I owe them so much. Um, And went to drama school. I went to Arts Ed. And from there, my first role was I was Attacker's Girlfriend in Gangster Number One, the film with David Thewlis and Jamie Foreman, Saffron Burroughs. Absolutely love David Thewlis. (laughs) Yeah, I know. No, I was calling him the wrong name for like 10 years. I thought it was Thwellis. <laughs> well, that's easily done. <laughs> um, but talking about drama school and things, because I, I could see that I, I found out that you went to Arts Ed in London, but there, there wasn't much about it online, about your time there. Do you have any like crazy theatre stories from drama school? Because we've all been in those rooms. We know that some shit goes down. Oh, shit does go down at drama school. What can I say? <laughs> Well, oh God, my memory is so bad. I mean, I had a great time there. There was a lot of um, Scandinavians there, actually, at our school. There was only about five English people in the group. So I think we were quite maybe reserved as a year. Um, And at the same time, I can't remember much, maybe because we were at the pub a lot as well. (laughs) It was quite intense training. I can relate to being in the pub all the time. The tabard, that was it, the pub. And I actually ended up getting a job there. I worked there for a little bit. 
I went to college in a really rough part of Glasgow called Easter House. And one rule that I was always told, don't trust a pub if it's not got any windows. And the only pub, <laughs> the only pub that was near our college didn't have any windows. And we went in there a few oh. times and like the sites, like the I was in Easter House, oh. a really rough part. Like we would come outside of college and there'd just be teeth on the floor. No, did you get beat up? No, but in our um, last year, there was a kidnapping raid and we all got warned that we had to walk about in pairs, not to leave anyone on their own. Oh, my. We were right next to a big shopping centre as well. And they were in a white van outside the shopping centre. And we would obviously go there for lunch and things. And now last year, we got like told, don't walk about in pairs, like don't walk about on your own. Yeah. And it was oh. kind of mental. <laughs> oh wow! No, I mean I loved it though. Arts Ed, Arts Ed's in a very posh area called Chiswick. Yeah. Uh, we lived in Acton around the corner. We call it Crapton, <laughs> so it might be a bit similar. <laughs> but Chiswick, beautiful, really lovely. What was the biggest lesson that you learned in drama school? I always like asking people that too. The biggest lesson oh, that I probably learned is don't take yourself too seriously. I suppose. Um, it's not the end of the world if if you can't do something. You know, people stressed about not getting it right and being perfect all the time. It was a learning curve. So, yeah, not to take yourself seriously. Don't stress too much and, and enjoy the process of it. Yeah. Sometimes this is actually the best part of it rather than the outcome of it. Especially um, the- in drama school, you're, like, you're just messing about with all your friends. Just having a laugh. Oh, we did have a giggle. We, I remember we done done um, with Catherine Clouseau. Her husband, I think, was the, the founder of Brecht Theatre. And we'd done these um, animal classes. And we that was it. So the first day we turned up and they were like, well, on our list was like leotard, tights, you know, you've got to wear this. Me and my best friend, Louisa Powell, we turned up all full ballet kit and everyone else was just casual, like just shorts and T-shirts. And there's us like ready to go, like proper professionals. But that was funny class. We turned our animals into characters so you could just see everyone in their lycra and stuff. It wasn't a good look. <laughs> uh, that is like some of the weirdest stuff. People think that when you go to drama school, it's all like fun and like you're just messing about. But no, I remember just before I left uni, we went to Edinburgh Zoo on a trip. And what we were yeah. going to have to do, we had to pick an animal and they were the uni were going to put a zoo on in like the class. And we were the zoo for three days. Yes. And I was like, I'm not doing that. We, the first term was zoo. So I, I went to, we went to Marwell, um, no, London Zoo. And I thought, oh, what can I pick that's really like not too much effort? So I chose a tiger thinking, oh, I could just lay down. But then I actually turned this tiger into a character. Suddenly she's like this sexy tigress and it was just wasn't me at all and I regretted choosing this tiger out of pure laziness and then the <laughs> next term, like circus it was um and then the next term we had to make it this our own foreign language and be the villagers in this town which was really bizarre yeah some of the stuff like I've been a kitchen I've had to pretend to be a kitchen appliance all that stuff yeah I was a hand mixer. It's (laughs) like people genuinely, and that's what I want to do with this podcast is like talk about some of the ridiculous things that happened. Yeah, and like school was it was it was the best time of my life to be honest. Because we on one respect, we had like really serious teachers, like I'm done very sort of intense method acting and 
Stanislavski and Uta Hagen, we had to do these exercises in class. And then we had like these mad modern sort of teachers that were sort of just doing some really weird out there stuff, like just stand there in front of the whole class. <laughs> be, and I was like, well, what's just being? And he's just, just be, you don't have to say anything, just be. I was like, okay. And that was kind of difficult and fun at the same time. I always say that if drama lecturers, drama lecturers weren't drama lecturers, half of them would have been sectioned by now. They, are, they would have been sectioned. And that well, when we were at drama school, they could uh, they were drinking red wine and smoking at their desk. Oh, I wish That's that was how me. Long I said, let me have a go. It wasn't fair. <laughs> let me have a fag. Go on. Let me have a fag. But obviously, um, we're sort of coming to the light at the end of the tunnel with this massive pandemic and you are one oh. of the actors one of the many actors in the country that have felt the massive effects because EastEnders was off for months and our government are great and they gave us all the support and advice and told us to retrain um, and if we were going to follow that advice which we're not because Boris is a twat but what would you want to retrain as? Oh if I could retrain as something what would I be? I think maybe I'd be a, like a, a therapist, a counsellor or something like that, maybe. I suppose that's in lines with an actor. I like, yeah, I like helping people as well. I'm a natural carer, so maybe I could be a carer or a therapist or something like that. Or a stripper. <laughs> you know, yeah. because if, if you've got it, you know, you might as well flaunt it. Yeah, like. <laughs> I, I love that. That's my favourite answer. You always get, like, astronaut, marine biologist. I always say book editor. But that, that is my favourite answer. When people say, I recognise you, where do I recognise you from? I'm like, top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> the rain does Dallas. <laughs> um, so in a new segment that I'm doing, it's called What If? And it's just a series of, like, yeah. roles and projects that you'd love to be a part of if you fit the criteria. So what is one role that you'd love to play if you were a man? My man role would be, I'd like to play Fagan in Oliver Twist. You've got to pick a pocket or two. I'd love that. I'd love it. I was talking to Connolly the other day and he said he, he was in the role. And I said, I'd love to play that role. Real character. I mean, I could see Fagan also being a woman. So maybe, maybe it'll happen. I am quite manly. <laughs> I could get a nose, I've got a little butter nose, but get get me sort of all prosthetic up and I think I'd be all right. <laughs> and then what role would you love to play if you were a child? A child? Oh, Annie. Yeah. Um, dog, why are you following me? I'm just introducing that to my daughter now and uh, yeah, she loves it like I did. Well, my favourite musical character of all time is Miss Hannigan. That's what I'm going to say about my dream role. So you <laughs> can't ask the question, is Miss Hannigan? Honestly, if they, I just want to play it once in my life in the West yeah, End. Yeah, same. Just That's... a three-month stint. Oh, I'd I quite happily it. do it for a night. Like I do it for one night only. Oh, what's that thing that's been on TV recently? And they do the night of the musicals. Maybe I could join yeah. that and do Miss Hannigan. I, Get out um... and see um, what role would you love to play if you were older? If I was an older, do you know what? I used to love the Golden Girls, and I think if I was getting on a bit, I would be one of them Golden Girls in that show. I would love that. Yeah, I could see that because you you have that like comedy timing and wit that you could definitely 
You can be a Blanche. Thank you. I've never been, sort of done so much comedy, like apart from Karen Taylor. I've sort of got cast in sort of non-comedy roles, so I'm loving at being able to be funny or trying. I to mean, be funny. you've been showcased as a funny actress now for since what, 2017. Yeah, cool. got some great other stuff as well, which we're going to talk about, but. Um, I, I think I know the answer to this, but what musical would you love to be in? Well, I'd like to be in Annie. I'd like to be all <laughs> oh, the Wizard of Oz. I'd love to play the lion in the Wizard of Oz. I could see that. Like we need, we need like EastEnders to do like when you done the genie. We need them to do the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Oh my God, that was the best day of my life. It was the heat wave. It was August. I was in that costume. But I didn't care. I just loved it. It was so brilliant. You were so was... amazing in that. Thank you. Cheers. Uh, what Shakespeare character would you love to play? Oh, I'd love to play Lady Macbeth. I love Macbeth. That's my favourite Shakespeare character uh, play. I did play a witch at a drama school once, and that was a cool part. Um, but And I'd like to play Puck. In a mid midsummer's night, a midsummer, midsummer's night strip. Yeah, is it summers? <laughs> uh, yeah, summers. I, I a mean, midsummer's night night stream. Oh my god, I can't, <laughs> they wouldn't want me in their play. I can't even speak. <laughs> and then the last question in this segment is: What TV show would you love to be a part of that's now finished? So, like Friends, Shameless, Ugly Betty. Oh, oh well, Friends and Shameless, I'd be all over that. Bad Girls, probably. Um, yeah, oh, what else? I think... Um, I always say yeah. friends for the money because they're still getting like friends 20 million. Friends for the yeah. money. And for the fun. I bet they had a proper laugh. Shameless because I bet they all got battered together. Or yeah. maybe that's making assumptions, <laughs> but shameless <laughs> would be a good one. Yeah, that shameless and friends are my two because yeah. it would be ugly Betty, but I'm a white man and probably have no business being there. Well, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you have... A massive CV. You've been in iconic plays. Your CV looks like you've been in most TV shows that film in London. And you've just done so much. What has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? Uh, the biggest what the fuck is happening moment might have been... Um, well, Maiden Dagenham was pretty special because it was with Bob Hoskins, Sally Hawkins and... Um, uh, Nicola Duff and all these are Jamie Winston, all these amazing actors. So that uh, what's his Daniel Mays? Uh, that was a great cast, and we got to spend six weeks in um, Cardiff together, and that was a real special, special moment. And um, and I really, you know, admired Bob Hoskins, bless him. Um, yeah, so that was a that was a good one. Tom Hardy and the Legend wasn't a bad day's work, you know. <laughs> I had lots of envious friends. <laughs> uh, um, oh, there's so many. London to Brighton was my, you know, my baby, really, because that was my first sort of big film, and that was sort of guerrilla making. Um, yeah, Suffragette was cool with Carrie Mulligan. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I have yeah, everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean the most. Yeah, and then there's other things like I played Scout in To Kill a Mockingbird in the play. Yeah. And that was probably one of my best ever roles because I'm playing a 10-year-old girl from Alabama bouncing all over the stage in dungarees and plaques in my hair. And that was a really special play, actually. I really enjoyed myself. So what? So we obviously know you're in EastEnders at the moment. And is there anything that you would love to do now? 
Like if what came calling, would you be like, I'm leaving EastEnders for this? Oh, wow. If, well, obviously if Miss Hannigan come calling, <laughs> I'm, I just take six months off, please, pretty please. But if, you know, if Quentin Tarantino rung my agent and said, we've got this film in Hollywood and, you know, you're, she'd make a great part. We need her over here now. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be gone. Yeah, I love his work. I think he's amazing. I'd love to work with Mike Lee and Shane Meadows as well. You know, I love their sort of All of, of Shane Meadows' stuff is so good. I know, I know. I'd love that. So, yeah, Same. I'd love to do that. And I'd love, you know, I'd love to go back to the theatre. That's my passion and, and well, I miss it. I do miss it. I'm slightly irritated with the government at the moment about these theatres. Oh, don't get I, I mean, I'm Honestly. also slightly annoyed that all the leaders were at the G7 summit not wearing masks and were just about with it's each other. It's just one rule for them, one for us. I mean, we can go into a restaurant now and sit down, you know, tables of six and very close to each other. So why can't they open up the theatres? I just, come on. 22,500 people in Wembley yes, the other day. This is what I'm saying. It's it's a joke, really. Like, Our government, make it make sense. I get exactly. I can't cuddle my grandma. No, that's like, ridiculous. But 22,500 people can go and watch some overpaid people yeah. pick a ball of air around. Do you know what I mean? Doesn't make sense at all. You're right, Boris, he's a twat. Oh, I ge genuinely, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know how I knew it was bad? I was watching the news yesterday and I saw Theresa May speak and I agreed with everything she said. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's how you know Boris is <laughs> fucking up. Oh, yeah, exactly. When exactly. you start agreeing with the Tories, you're like, what? Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but then what else I like to ask is, if you were booked to do a one-month run in the West End and you were just doing a two-person show and with no financial restraints, you could pick anyone in the world to be your co-star, who would you pick? Oh, it'd have to be Kathy Burke. She's my absolute <laughs> idol. I adore her and she's probably heard this a million times in interviews, but honestly, she is the reason why I thought that I could actually become an actor as a working class girl from the estate. I never thought I'd be able to be an actor and I watched Neil by mouth and, and I watched that and I was like, whoa, one, it blew me away. But two, I was like, actually, there's a place for, for me. And I think, um, I think I can do it. So yeah, she's she's an absolute legend. I love so her. So let's make it happen. So if anybody's out there listening and has enough money to do like a one month run of a show, like I'm trying mm. to think of a good two woman show. I know. Let's I'm, think I'm not of... gonna I'm not gonna come up with one off the top of my head. But we'll get someone to write a brand no, new no, one. Get someone to write a new material. one for us. I we'll know. Get... I'd love to come and play my mum in EastEnders or my sister. <laughs> Just put out there. She's a man. Just slipping notes under the casting director's yeah. door every day. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Just a little request. Okay. And then to talk about EastEnders. So I didn't quite realise this until I was doing my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking. Um, <laughs> Karen Taylor wasn't the first trip to the square for you. No. So I'd done a, I'd done a spin off of. Uh, Pat and Mo's story called Pat and Mo Ashes to Ashes. That was probably about 20 years ago. Is that when it was? Oh, yeah. nearly 20 years ago. Close. Wow. Oh, you've done your research. Yes. So that was brilliant. That was the first time I went to Albert Square. I got to meet the cast. 
And it was all sort of set in the 50s, 60s, which I love that era for the costumes and stuff. That was really cool. And then I... The second one, I was kind of kicking myself because I was like, when I looked, I went back, I saw it and I was like, no, that wasn't her. No. So I like Googled it and I watched the scene and I was like, how have I not clocked this? Because it it wasn't even just like a minor role. You were part of one of the biggest storylines of the year. Thalma Braggs, wasn't it? It was Jay's girlfriend who was a child. You were her mom. She got. She said she had sex with him, but she was lying. So then I go into the pub and say, "It's the best line ever." I go, "Who's the ginger nonce that's been sleeping with my daughter?" <laughs> oh, and I had to front the whole pub. It was so scary. I was just kicking myself because I was like, when I read it, I was like, I remember that scene. That's not Lorraine. And then I went and watched yeah. it, and I was like, I mean, that just must be like a showcase of your talents. Ah, oh, there you go. Well, she was all brassy and done up and makeup. And I had massive boobs at the time. I was breastfeeding. My daughter was six weeks old. So I was literally pumping milk in the dressing room and then going on. And yeah. <laughs> the life of the glamorous life yeah. of an actress. I know. And then 18 months later, I got the, uh, the part of Karen Taylor and my daughter was sort of 18 months old by then. So the timing was better for the regular character because then she could go to nursery and it all worked out. Did those two initial visits prepare you in any way for taking on a more permanent role? Yeah, I think so. I wasn't so overwhelmed by the whole Albert Square and the cast. And I, I'd been there a couple of times. It wasn't as um, it wasn't as scary and overwhelming. And you got, you got a feel for what it was like to work with multi-cameras as well, which I'd never really done a lot of. Um, so sort of technical stuff Yeah, yeah, it did prepare me So I have to ask And I know you're not going to be able to tell me When is Grey uh, going to get caught? I don't, and I genuinely don't know <laughs> One I could tell you and I wouldn't But I genuinely don't know either So I'm ex- as excited as you are That whole storyline I am uh, uh, The reason I love acting Is telling re- real people's stories And like uh, real people, yes. real stories, that sort of thing. And that's what I would love to do, issue-based storylines, because it helps people. I think after Chantel's yeah. death, I think there was like a 63% raise in calls that were made to helplines and things. And I just think that telly does that is amazing. And like, I'm absolutely in awe of all of you that were in part of that. Amazing thing. I work with the Domestic Abuse Alliance, the DAA, and that. Their solicitors and basically that they help women who who need to get out of their relationships, get out of their house, and they provide free um, uh, fees for um, the free lawyers, basically. And I work with them, so I'm I'm trying to do my bit because it is like you say, it's such a raw subject, um, and like you say, and the pandemic didn't help, you know, so for so many reasons yeah it's it's awful um that's what eastenders is good at highlighting these horrific yeah. stories and and trying to save people really i'm just in absolute that's what Ray, toby, thank you toby he's been amazing because he um he's working for women's aid as well because he said you know the abuse he gets abused in the street but he said if i can help one woman get out of her relationship and save her then he don't mind taking that flack. Yeah, you know? 100%. Lovely bloke. It's a, it's a tough job to take on, really, for him. Yeah. yeah I, and he's I, 
can sort of imagine. I mean, I can't, but like that, those scenes were just done perfectly. And I mean, I know. where are the rest of the awards? Well, they were up for a BAFTA for the best TV moment. Uh, the diversity dance got it, which they amazing, yeah. absolutely. That blew me away as well. Um, but um, yeah, where are all them awards? Have a word. I mean, I think with the year that we've sort of had, there have been so many remarkable groundbreaking moments that I don't think there is just one award. I think we need to like be recognising a lot of different things this year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And do you know what? For me, it's it's not about the awards. It's about the appreciation and what the viewers, you know, who I speak to online and stuff are so grateful for some of the storylines and and really, you know get a lot from them and and they help people they genuinely do yeah and it's like that's what i got into acting for because there's this yeah. whole like there's this laugh of going to drama school and rolling around on a stage with your mates but what we get to do is so fun and like yeah. it's almost like i'm not gonna say it but why do we get paid to fuck about but pay us yeah yeah, um, yeah. and i just think that with that like massive sense of fun and that we've got to give something back and these storylines are so important exactly we have to yeah and it, it do it, it becomes political um and it should do because it's that's what that's what tv should be for thought provoking and and make you debate about yourself and all that so yeah mm-hmm. i mean talking about political storylines you've been part of a few you've False accusations of rape, Bernadette's miscarriage, Shaquille and Keegan stabbing, the whole Mitchell yes. love triangle, uh, and most recently, Bailey running away. Uh, what has yeah. been the hardest one for you to do? I'll tell you the hardest one um, was Shaquille's uh, stabbing. And the reason was we filmed with the parents of the stabbing, uh, the victims who, uh, who were killed horrifically. And they come on to set and they told us their stories and we... The funeral scene, I don't know whether you watched it, but it was like, it blew me away. There was no acting required. The tears were there. It was absolutely heartbreaking. And then they would tell their story straight down to the barrel, uh, to the camera. And for me, they were an absolute inspiration. So to be part of that was, I've got goosebumps just talking about it because it really did it really did blow me away so i just sort of want to thank them again for they were all amazing to come and share their stories like and i'm sure yeah. i'll be doing some research about like charities about stabbing i'll link some in the description below and please yeah. donate because if you can i mean after a shit year you might not be in a position to but please if you can um yeah exactly we need all the help we can get um, on different the charities need more help than ever at the moment yeah you know because funds are being pulled and all things are getting scrapped you know because of this pandemic so any help would be grateful and um if you want to help them even more do not vote for boris in the next general election please don't vote for boris please please (laughs) Um, Please. thank you do you have a favorite line of dialogue from karen taylor oh a favorite line of dialogue um oh she, oh God, that's put me on the spot because she gets the best one-liners, you know, and you're like, yeah. I cannot think of one. Oh, oh really, um, I should have a little notes in my notebook. I can't think of one. <laughs> no, can't think of one. <laughs> one of 
you know, I might think of one and go, oh my God, she's doing yeah. this. Just um, all the time. So then what was it like in your first year? You won the Best Newcomer Award at the NTAs. I won the Best Newcomer. I know, I was chuffed to bits for that. I really was, and my mum was with me, and and old Philip Schofield was on the stage, and he complimented my mum, and oh, it was the perfect evening, and I was yeah, I was well chuffed. I mean, when I say it's very well years, deserved. I was chuffed. Thank you. <laughs> very well deserved. Like, um, like I said, I don't tell anyone who's coming on the podcast, but my grandma no. will probably lose her shit when I tell her <laughs> after this. Hi, grandma. What's her name? Kay. Kay. Hi, Kay. <laughs> Um, but she will probably lose a shit. But I probably shouldn't say that listen. if she's going to listen because no, she'll probably shout at me for swearing. <laughs> I used to swear so much more, and then I have my daughter Nancy, and I don't swear as much. I need to like it slips into my dialogue, and yeah, I need yeah. to like be careful about that. Yeah, I do like a good swear. I'm not going to lie, but I've just trained myself not to so much anymore. So what's it like now being a full time mum and a full time actress? It's just um, it's amazing actually I've got you know I've, everything's going on at home it's amazing she's you know the most she makes me the proudest person in the world she really is she's clever smart and funny and then I go to work and you know have a bit of independence and actually going to work is almost like a break actually you know and I'll get a, few, a week off I'm like oh I'd rather be working you know it's like yeah I don't have to do the school one no yeah it's all good it's uh, you know what at the minute I'm I'm buzzing off of life because I just feel so grateful I've got an amazing doc that uh, job and an amazing family do you know what after the year that we've had and that I'm genuinely really happy to hear that like yeah so I'm one of the lucky ones we were only not filming for three months most people, a lot of people have lost their jobs, their businesses. I'm really, really fortunate and I don't take it for granted. And, uh, and uh, I'm really, you know, really thankful. Like, I just, I'm, I, I don't ever take joy in people's, like, misery or anything. I'm not that type of person. But I, I do get very happy and a little bit bitter when other oh. actors telling me they're having a good time. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like that, give me a job, saying. please. Yeah. I'll have a word. Yeah, it just um, I'll, I'll email time. you my headshot and my CV. Just when you're putting yeah. the next Kathy Burke request under, stick my under the door. But <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to have a school dropout game now, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And there are three stories that are yeah. submitted by our listeners. Uh, one of them is made up by our co-producer Heather, um, and it's our job to find out which one is the lie. So two of the truth and one is a lie. And I've got the answer in a sealed envelope. So I don't even know. So we can play. Ooh, oh, oh, what? We're the judge. We got to we, decide. We've got to find out which one's the lie. Oh, okay, cool. So number one, we were doing the play "Beautiful Burnout." I don't know if you know it, but it's a play about boxing. It says, and we had this really old punch bag that was filled with sand. And one night, the guy who was playing the lead was doing this movement piece, and as he punched the bag, it fell to the floor, and the sand fell out. And he was so in the moment that he dropped to the floor, continued punching the sand, and he took his boxing gloves off and ate some of the sand and screamed, I win. It was very bizarre. <laughs> oh, my God. Number two, from the beginning of my training, I've always had this superstition of giving the rest of the cast, even in college and uni, a good luck card on opening night. I didn't do it once, and I fell off some rostra and sprained my ankle. <laughs> Number three, I'm... 
I'm an acting. Oh, I'm an acting lecturer. I couldn't read there for a moment. I'm an acting lecturer and I've seen some pretty weird auditions over the years. And here is a, partic a particularly weird one. One year we had an auditionees devise their own monologues and one died. One guy did a monologue about being kidnapped and he produced this cake tin full of raw chocolate cake batter and started to eat it as he talked about eating his own poo. <gasps> Oh, that's oh. disgusting. <laughs> well, it makes me think that that one's the truth because why would you put that in there? I don't know. Heather you wouldn't is come up with... Heather's Heather... fucked up. Is she twisted? <laughs> she's twisted. She, like, she, she talks shit. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's one of my best friends. We wrote a play together, but she is like the some of the shit that we had to take out the play was just dark humour. <laughs> Like, well, no. oh, oh, I don't know what oh. I think. I think, Heather. like, who's eating sand is my main thing. No, I don't think, I think it would be really hard for sand to fall out of a punch bag as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm imagining one of the old ones that's sort of open at the top. Um, uh, yeah, but you would never eat sand, not no, in any I'm not putting some sand in my you? mouth. So, should we forget that one? We'll I think that, that one's the lie. That's the lie. Oh, so is it only one lie? Yeah, two truths and uh, a lie. <laughs> there you go. I think it's the Sam one, then yeah, I agree. I think it's Let's number one. Look. Let's find I out. Bet, I bet it's a shit. Oh, shit. I, I hope it is the uh, shit one, really. I don't want somebody to yeah, be doing... Right. Oh, number two. So it was the rostra and sprinting the ankle. So both no, of those are true, and I am going through the emails to find those emails. I need more information. I'm not convinced. Did the guy get in the drama school that was eating his shit? <laughs> I, bet, I bet he got in. I mean, I'd be like, Cause nah. Because so, so out there. <laughs> I'd be like, you need to leave and go and seek help. Go and get help. Um, <laughs> how has your start of your summer been? I always like to ask. Oh, it's been lovely, actually. Yeah, I'm... Got my garden sorted. I've got I've one of them. I bought one of them lazy spas, you know, that you blow up. All the bottles of champagne. Oh, well, I thought, oh, yeah, a bottle of champagne, a bit of Prosecco, gin and tonic, maybe. Just anything uh, that gets you drunk, innit? I'll have Lambrini. I'll drink anything. <laughs> yeah. Pass me a bottle uh, of Lambrini. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I used to drink. I used to drink, I used to drink it when I was like 16. Do you know how much? Do you know how much a bottle of Lambrini is now? Nine pound. Shut the back door. It is for a bottle of Lambrini. No way. I went in the shop to get a bottle of wine not long ago and I was like, you know what, right? I can get drunk off a Lambrini and I just had a bit of lemonade to make it not taste shit. So I was like, yeah, it's three quid. I'll just buy a bottle of Lambrini to just save some money. Nine quid. Nine quid. Well, you just go and buy a bottle of Prosecco for that and you I just have like, a couple of buy a bar of chocolate. I was like, a bottle of Echo Falls is only 350. This is what I'm saying. I'm like, what are you doing, Lambrini? Lemonade. <laughs> it's still cheaper, isn't yeah. it? Oh, like, no. I used to drink three bottles of Lambrini. Yeah. I'm talking, say, 96 to 99 drama school. That's when I was out. So it was oh, I'm talking ago. 2014. <laughs> no, honestly, it was a pound a bottle. Oh, I Loved love that. It. I used to, when I was in school, I used to have to save money out my dinner money every week, every day, to get a packet of fags and a bottle of wine. <laughs> I used to go up to people and go, you couldn't let me 20 people because you have the coffee machine. It was like 50p. <laughs> got 20p. But I was named a scavenger, a scav. 
<laughs> uh, we love it, love. Like, I mean, you got to save the money, especially. I mean, if you're in London, I know. Like, I, know. I would be like, nah, I'm keeping all my money. Um, <laughs> but can you tease anything about what's coming up on EastEnders? Because obviously, we've got a lot of. I mean, I know so I don't want to get you into trouble. Oh, what's coming up on EastEnders? What's happening on Christmas Day? Who's dying? Tell us that. <laughs> oh, who's dying? I don't know what's happening on Christmas Day yet. We haven't even had them scripts. But um, you do get me jogging around the square quite soon to help Bernie. Oh, so there's a lot on. going on with... Uh, there's oh, a lot I've, going on with Bernie, I completely actually. forgot about that. That's a massive... I'm heavier. Yeah, sorry. Um, um, and losing weight and all this kind of thing. So there's a few, it's, it's quite dark actually, but Bernie, oh, I love Claire. She's, uh, yeah, my she's a phenomenal actor. Amazing, amazing. So she's got some good stuff coming up, so stay in tune for that. And um, yeah, bits and bobs going on with Chelsea and Gray that you'll have to I would watch. love I to talk to the EastEnders casting director just to find out where he finds you all because you're all so perfectly cast. Ah, uh, Julia Crampsey. She's amazing. And Wayne... Uh, but Julia Crampsey, I've known her for years, and she's always wanted me on the show. Hi, Julia. Do I have a job, please? I'll do yeah, anything. Julia, listening, <laughs> please, please work job. for free. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're coming to the <laughs> end now. Um, thank you so much for coming on. You're genuinely no. one of my favourite actresses out there, and I'm so excited to see what you do in the future. Oh, I'm always much. flying the flag. Oh, thank you so much. That really means a lot, and I really mean that. Where can everyone that's listening find you on social media? Social media? Oh, God. So I'm on uh, Instagram, um, Lorraine, what is it, underscore standing. It'll all and, be in the show notes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on Twitter as well, Star 76 My Facebook's for my family and yeah. friends. I See, this something is separate. the thing I've always wondered about, like Facebook. See, when you like become a well-known, famous person, mm. do you just change your name on Facebook and make it all private? Because like I'm wondering, yeah. does Cameron Diaz have a Facebook page with like all the mates from school? I bet she has. Yeah, mine, mine's just private on my Facebook. Yeah. And I mean, don't and go I, adding I, people on Facebook. No, on Instagram, I, when I got EastEnders, I changed it, so I just changed it to Nancy's account, my daughter's account. So now I can put photos of Nancy on Instagram and then go straight to Facebook to my friends and family. But my Instagram's open to anyone. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just keep it separate, really. Yeah, I always say with a, with a well-known person, if they like have a private account or their account is blocked by somewhere, that means that they don't want you to be on it. Yeah, don't keep at it. Do you know what I mean? Just let it go. It's like a lot of people have said to me about like they were shocked that because I'm like an independent podcast that I went through their management. And I was like, yeah, I could probably find your email address online, but that's exactly. a bit fucking weird. That's a bit I mean, weird. Yeah, if you're a professional and you like yourself, then you just ring your agent. My, that's what my agent's there for. You like, know, that's how weird would it be if like, you just got a random email through on your phone saying, hi, I'm Ingram Noble and I am from Glasgow. I'm a nobody. And, but do you want to come on my podcast? Like, I would be so weirded out by that. And I'd be like, nah. Uh, I'd probably still say yes, just because <laughs> I like your name. I mean, you're a star. Oh, it's a family name. name. My dad's Ingram Noble. My yeah. granddad's Ingram Noble. His dad wow. was. It's really cool. I really like it. I always say it's a famous name. There's nobody else with my name. <laughs> I'm destined to become famous. <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on. I'll let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a lovely day. Peace out. Bye. 
And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 36 completed. Thank you so much to Lorraine for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us so much. And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. I will be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode, and I'll be chatting to Andrew Houghton. And remember to check out Bonestruck Theatre's show Wishlist at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Have a lovely week, guys. See you soon. Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Fucked your whole course, now try something new. Drama school dropout.